0: Limerick today with Joan Ash on Live
1: 95. How would you feel if someone asked you to give consent for sex via an app? Well, it's actually happening. A Danish company has developed an iConsent app, and we have our own Megan with us to tell us a bit more. Good morning to you, Megan.
0: Good morning. How are you?
1: I'm not too bad at all. So tell me about this i Consent app.
0: Yeah, so this app has just been developed in Denmark. So it's an app that connects users via their phone numbers and it allows them to complete a transaction authorizing sex. So the way that it kind of works is they are giving a mutual consent token, which is valid for one time for sexual intercourse only and expires after 24 hours. But what the app also does is encrypts it and stores a, the digital contract in this case to be recalled later if needed. And that's kind of the premise of the app. So it's to, it's not the newest idea. I've heard about like this before. But the fact that it's re-emerging and happening again is a bit of a worrying trend, especially this one is in relation to a new law that's come in in Denmark. And that's where it's kind of a response to that.
1: At what point in the relationship does this transaction, as you put it, happen?
0: I would assume that they would be talking about if you were going to have a one-night stand with someone and maybe you didn't know them and you just met them on this app and then you decide, oh, there's no way of proving that there would be consent. So this is their great way of deciding that that's how they're going to do it, that you'd send it and you'd have some sort of contract. But it doesn't really work that way. Um, NUIG Galway have an active consent team and they use this acronym and it's O-M-F-G. And so it means that consent is ongoing, mutual, and freely given. So the fact that it's ongoing means that you can take away consent before or during intercourse with anyone. And the way that this act seems to be operating is that you're kind of given a 24-hour blanket, like permission to have sex with someone, which just really isn't how consent works. And H- the fact is the idea on. then
1: that in Denmark this could end up in court?
0: Well, the, that's the way they seem to be claiming it. Um, they probably wouldn't want it to go that far, but they're saying that it wouldn't hold up in court as kind of a legal document or a legal contract. But as we know when it comes to cases like this, a lot of the time things are used against the person who's coming forward with the claims to try and say that Oh, that they wanted to do it or that they did give consent. And even though this isn't legal contract, if someone did hold up something that is signed or a token as it stands in this case, and it shows that they consented at one point, I can't see how that wouldn't be used in a court case to kind of try and prove that they did say that they would, even if they did retract it at another point, I would say that it would be used in a court case. And that's kind of the worry here. In my When I first heard it, that was definitely the first worry that I had when I was listening to it.
1: But currently, one assumes that it wouldn't necessarily have validity in an Irish court of law.
0: I don't think it would have validity as a contract. But as I said before, in an Irish court of law before in these sorts of cases, we've seen things that we would all, I would say, consider distasteful, things like even a woman's underwear being passed around the court as a sort of a way of trying to prove that a woman has consented to having sex with someone else, which obviously is ridiculous, but it has been brought up. So I could see this being brought up into court and saying, yeah, well, she did actually say that she did want to have sex. It's here. It's on this app. It's consented. It's in a digital contract. And obviously this is in Denmark. This app, But there's been suggestions of apps like this here. Um, Last year in UCD, a student suggested an app like this. And there's been other ones in the UK and America. So it's not like this is a standalone incident. This has been everywhere where we've seen kind of apps like this. And we have to question the mentality behind it where there is a want for a contract. Whereas when you're engaging in in intercourse with someone, it really should be about respecting someone's boundaries, about seeing what they're comfortable with and really asking them if they're okay with something and respecting what they want. And an app like this kind of takes that away and has it just in, you know, a hard format that, yes, you can you have consented to sex, so that is what we'll do, instead of actually, as time goes on, seeing how something develops and making sure someone is okay in that moment. And I think that's really problematic. All
1: right. Do we know who developed this particular app?
0: Um, I, It was a man in... Denmark, I'm not sure. Like I think anyone of any gender could develop an app like this. Is it suggestive that it was a man? I don't know. Um, he doesn't seem to see the problem that is being raised with the app. He seems to think that this is a way of kind of, oh, people are saying that you need to have a definitive answer whether there's consent or not, so this is an answer to it. But I think this really comes down to kind of poor Sex education, it must be in their case, and it's definitely the case here. I don't think people are taught properly about consent when it comes to sex. It's more about the act, it's not about the relationship, it's not about kind of asking someone if
1: they're comfortable, if they're okay with what's going on. I I mean, we know, Megan, that uh, universities around the country have introduced consent classes. um, And certainly we've had some pretty frightening conversations on this show, including with people quite recently who were in secondary school, who told us horror stories about how little sex education is going on. It's not that long since you were in secondary school. Did you have a similar experience?
0: sex education I would say that we are one of the better schools, so it was only for our year though that they kind of brought it in we had a sexologist come in and talk to us for kind of three days and we could ask her questions and she went through different things but it was more obviously focusing on things like safe sex and kind of showing you kind of things about contraception and talking about that sort of thing There wasn't much focus on relationships and how you could get into a relationship where you might feel maybe pressure, kind of toxic relationships, that sort of thing. And young people are very susceptible to these and they are the most likely to get into relationships where they might feel pressure, especially when if you were going to have sex for the first time with someone, if they're a bit older than you, if they're in a different situation in their life and you might not be ready, you might feel that pressure. And another thing that I've noticed, especially for my secondary school, and I would say it's still the case in a lot of secondary schools around the country, there's very little sex education for LGBTQ plus people as well. The first time I had heard of any of that was when I actually went to college. And there's the added pressure of that when you're part of that community. If you are with someone who might be out for a long time, there might be kind of a different power dynamic there, and you're newly out and you might feel pressure to do things that you aren't ready Mm. to do. So I feel like we need to have more of a discussion on relationships as well as just...
1: That's very interesting. That's yeah, yeah, very interesting point and uh, Efa has been in touch has WhatsApped us on 0861239595 with dinnersready.ie to say I wonder how all the women who were in mother and baby homes got on with consent in inverted commas says Efa. Well thank you very much for that Megan we appreciate your time this morning. Call
0: Limerick today now on 46 1995.